The Other Side podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender, and equality. Welcome. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of The Other Side Podcast. I'm Scott Kirk, and today joining me is Sam Shim, the first Asian-American elected to office in Columbus. He's currently serving on the Worthington School Board. He's also the founder of the AAPI Caucus of the Ohio Democratic Party and the Asian and Pacific Islander Alumni Society at Ohio State University. Thanks for joining me, Sam. Thank you for having me. My first question is, how do you personally feel right now with everything? We'll, we'll go into the details about what's been going on. But just to start off, how do how are you personally feeling right now at this point in time? I personally am hurt and scared. I think we've been talking, we being the Asian American community, we've been very vocal about the level of the anti-Asian rhetoric in this country over the past year. Mm-hmm. And it seems like our voices have not been heard until now. And where, you know, it makes us angry that it's taken this long. It's taken a shooting, three shootings at three businesses for what, for our voice to be heard around the country. How much of this do you attribute to former President Trump's rhetoric as well as other political officials? I think they bear some responsibility, even if they are not the ones that pulled the trigger. They put a big bullseye in the to, to Asian Americans. And that that fact has to be reckoned with, even if they're not the ones who actually pointed the gun and pulled the trigger. They put in a big bullseye on the backs of Asian Americans. If you look at some recent statistics, they say over 25 percent of Americans have witnessed anti-Asian and an anti-Asian incident. That's 25 percent of the U.S. population and 50 percent of Asian Americans have personally been attacked or had some sort of hateful rhetoric directed at them. You know, half of the Asian Americans in this country and the people that have been using terms like China virus and Kung flu, you know, have to be uh, have to be aware that they are one of the causes of the hate directed towards one of our American communities. Before this last year, did the Asian American community see uh, white supremacy and racism as an imminent threat? Uh, We've always had a little bit of unease overall with white supremacy, but we haven't been the primary target. So a lot of us have been allies, for example, to the Black Lives Matter movement and have been allies to a lot of other groups. But we haven't been as personally affected. The last major tragedy that happened that was that that resulted in a nationwide movement was the killing of Vincent Chin in 1982 in Detroit. And we've also had the riots in uh, uh, in Los Angeles after the Rodney King. You know, that was something that always has been very uncomfortable because in the eyes of a lot of us people of color, it felt like it was one community against another. And it goes against the wishes of so many of us who are trying to build solidarity amongst all the different uh 
ethnic groups instead of trying to find ways to divide us. Do you think there will be more cooperation and coordination um, between organizations like yours and, for instance, the Ohio Congressional Asian Pacific American Caucus or and groups like Black Lives Matter? Do you think that your goals have aligned now? Do you think that this will strengthen that cooperation between these communities? I think so. If you look at during the Black Lives Matter protests last year, there were a lot of uh, signs and there were a lot of support online for allyship. We saw so many uh, posts about Asian Americans for black lives, you know, out there. We we want to work together, especially since we all share a common value of human decency. The loss of life is not acceptable. We cannot have any more George Floyds. It doesn't matter if the if the victim is black or white or you know, the victim is Asian American, uh, Latino. It really doesn't matter if someone is male or female or cisgender, transgender. You know, this just has to end now. We need to follow our heart and follow our morality. The organization Stop AAPI Hate released some data recently showing that there's been about 3,800 anti-Asian hate incidents that have been reported since uh, March of of last year. And women roughly made up about 68 percent of those of those attacks. And since the start of 2021, the organization has reported more than 500 racially motivated hate attacks. I say all that to say that one of the things that struck me about what's going on now is that it seems like the Asian American community has become much more vocal and public about their outrage than than I think I've ever seen in my lifetime, certainly. I just wonder, is this a cultural shift? And what do you think has brought that shift on? I think you're right. There, there is a cultural shift. Uh, if you look at, for example, my parents who came to America in 1971, you know, they were told, you know, put your head down low, work hard, stay out of trouble, trouble, assimilate and do not make waves, do not be vocal. So that's how they live their life in America. But with with my generation and then the new generation, you know, following afterwards, we want to be fully integrated into American society. We want to have the ability to be as vocal as any other American citizen. And we want to be able to have our voice heard. We, we don't want to be silenced. And I think we've become more comfortable in that role. Kind of goes against how Asian cultures traditionally value individual voices and also part of the process of emigrating to a new country. But it's definitely a a titanic, a major shift in how Asian Americans are being more involved in civic engagement, in supporting just causes and supporting racial justice. And I think what really hit home for a lot of us was the fact that Six out of, out of the eight victims were women. Uh, often in these hate incidents, people target the elderly and women. Uh, you know, it's often a cowardly act, uh, the assailants. They're not, they're not looking for uh, 
you know, they're looking for easy victims. And that really hits home to so many of us. You know, we have sisters, we have mothers and watching so many people get attacked. And, you know, there's been several elderly Asian Americans who have been killed. It's definitely empowered us to be to be louder and have our voices heard. The incident that took place this past week, and that involves a 21-year-old young man killed eight people, including, as you mentioned before, six Asian-American women in Atlanta on March 16th. There was a rally that was held uh, here in Columbus a few days ago in response to that. But before I get to the rally, I just wanted to ask you about the the incident that took place in Atlanta. Do you think this is a, a hate crime based on race or was it a crime against women or do you think it was both? Does well, it matter? Well, I know from there is a legal definition of what is a hate crime and there is a moral definition of what is a hate crime. Uh the majority of our community, and I believe the majority of the country, feels it is a hate crime. Uh, it. We also have to be aware that there is an intersectionality that's involved. It could be both a hate crime and a crime against women and a crime against the business. It doesn't need to be compartmentalized into one neat box, which you know some people like to do. It is pretty apparent that three Asian American businesses were targeted and most of the victims were Asian American. Uh, there's, there's a possible, there's the possible involvement of a sex addiction, sex addiction, according to the media, you know, we'll, we'll let the police investigation kind of see what plays out. But even if there is a sex addic- addiction, this really drives home the importance of protecting the women in our society. Uh, there's, uh, hypersexualization, especially of Asian women, and that—that that is a classic case of intersectionality between uh, sexism and racism. No, every woman er- should feel just as safe as every man out there. There's no reason why women and Asian women should feel less safe or should be the target of someone's own urges more so than anyone else. Let's stick with the rally for a second. The rally which was held to mourn the lives of, of, of those lost at the massacre in Atlanta, was co-sponsored by several organizations. At the rally, you, you said silence is not an option and that we need our allies, this is quote, quoting you, we need our allies to speak up everywhere. It shouldn't just come from the Asian community. It should come from all Americans. Do you feel like the Asian American community is getting the support that it needs I think so. If you look at pictures from the rally, you see there are people uh, across all ethnicities there. While the majority of people were Asian American who attended, we saw a strong contingent, for example, from the black community who was there to show solidarity and support. And, you know, that's really touching. You know, we we've received countless messages uh, to uh, to us personally and to the different organizations in support of what we're doing. And I think that really sends a message that we're we're not uh, isolated on an island with this incident. Uh, I mean, we've also received a lot of support from the political establishment from both sides. Governor DeWine wrote a nice letter to us. Uh, The city of Columbus will be passing a resolution this evening, Monday evening, supporting the refusal to accept this anti-Asian hate that's happening in Columbus and across the country. Uh, Mayor Ginter 
wrote, you know, said something really nice. Uh, he said that fighting racism against Asian Americans isn't the Asian American community's responsibility. It is all of our responsibility. And I think that's very important. I mean, we're, the support that we have from a broad cross section of the community will help stop the anti-Asian hate, but will also help fight all other forms of hate that we encounter in central Ohio and across the country. Sam, once COVID-19 is, it's under control, it's dissipated, it's not as much of a public health and safety concern. Do you think that some of this anti-Asian rhetoric and, and these racist actions will also fade away? In other words, do you think most of this was caused by the pandemic? And once the pandemic is not as much of an issue, a lot of this animosity and hate will also fade away? I don't think so. I think the pandemic has brought out and brought to light a lot of the hate out there. But even when the pandemic eases, the hate will still be there. It will find other ways to manifest itself. And it, it may be directed at our community. It may be directed at multiple communities. But that hate isn't going away. We have to work together and fight harder to eliminate the hateful rhetoric and the hateful views that exist in some pockets of our community. And uh, we, we have to stay vigilant uh, and follow our own personal uh, human, you know, human morals and our own human decency to continue to continue along. We can't stop being on guard. I've heard several Asian-Americans just through reports and interviews express this feeling that they feel like the Asian American community in a lot of ways is invisible. Can you explain to us what that means and what we as a country can do to help change that? I think there was an interview with Connie Chung uh, that went uh, that was broadcast yesterday. And I think she brought up a good point. The journalists, especially the Asian American Journalists Association, has brought this up. And so have the community that often incidents uh, regarding Asian Americans have not been covered in the news or have been covered at a very local level instead of covering national news. They feel, and so do most Asian Americans, that we are invisible until recently, and we haven't been given the same level of coverage uh, that we feel is justified based on our proportion uh, and our contribution to, to uh, Central Ohio and to America. And it should not take an incident where eight lives are lost to change this. And, th and that's that's a challenge, uh, I think, uh, that we're struggling with. I think in Central Ohio especially, thankfully, the Columbus Dispatch has been very supportive of our community and has done a lot of outreach. But I know it's a bigger issue in a lot of other communities across the country. What would you like to see happen ultimately? I don't know if there is an easy fix for this or solution to these problems, but what would you like to see happen in, in the immediate future? I think one of the reasons why two of my friends uh, created the rally and had the support of so many, so many other organizations was we wanted to bring this to everyone's attention. I don't think the public knows the level of anti-Asian hate that has existed and that has just continued to uh, grow over the past year. So making making everyone aware, I think, is the first step in fighting hate. 
Uh, we want to make sure people understand that hate is not just directed towards one community, it's directed towards so many other communities. And what we'd like to see is just more allyship. I think that's very important. And as I said uh, at the rally, we would like everyone to speak up when they see uh, or witness any sort of hateful rhetoric or incident. Uh, without people speaking up, it, it will never never be brought to the attention of others. And I think that's part of how we overcome uh, hate and such, uh, I mean, to be blunt, such evil in our country. Just on a personal level, do you feel unsafe going out? Um, do your family members, your neighbors, the, the people that you talk to, how is this affecting them personally on a day to day basis? I don't necessarily feel unsafe, but one of the things I've been more cautious of, you know, say I need to go to the grocery store to pick up something. A lot mm -hmm. of us, including including me, we, we've become very vigilant, almost hyper vigilant. We're, we're, we're aware of our surroundings surroundings and we're constantly scanning who's around us to see if there's someone who we think could be a potential threat, uh, either to be verbally assaulted or physically assaulted. Uh, so we're just in a state of hypervigilance and this, this has only gotten worse uh, with this. A friend of mine, her two daughters came home from school and asked if her mom and dad are going to be okay because they were worried that they were going to be the next victims that, you know, my friend's kids' parents uh, are going to be the next victims of a shooting. And we should not have kids worrying about the safety of their parents. Now, that's not healthy for anyone to live. And that's cer certainly not healthy for kids to to live in and to be in that kind of mental state. At the rally, we saw a lot of signs, uh, stop Asian hate, you know, that that has been trending all over social media over the past year. And it's really, uh, it's been all over social media the past few days. I think the term China virus, hopefully, we'll see that term go away. Uh, we saw a lot of signs that said, my ethnicity is not a virus. I am not a virus. Uh, we can't use terms like that. It's, it's, it's racist, plus it's it's, it directs hate against an ethnic group. Uh, there's a name for the virus uh, and there's a name for the illness and we have to use the correct names. And the actual disease is called COVID-19. The actual virus is called SARS-CoV-2. And we need to use the right terms and not simplify it to terms like China virus to basically imply that Asian Americans and Chinese Americans are a virus that stuff like this needs to stop now. I just really appreciate you coming on and just being candid and honest with me and, and, and talking with me and helping um, our listeners understand this. It's not until they really hear an actual person talk about what it's like and, and what it's been like for, for the people that they know that I think people really connect and, and are able to resonate with it. So I just want to say thank you. You did a great job for your first podcast. <laughs> thank you for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. And for everybody else out there, thanks again for tuning in. Check us out on our Facebook page at Facebook slash group slash other side podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at other side underscore POD. There you'll find episodes, photos, and a whole lot more. And if you like the show and want to support local journalism, please consider becoming a subscriber to the Columbus Dispatch. So until the next time, try to see things from the other side. Thanks.